You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics, such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. I said go. I was like a conductor. It's like a symphony. Please, please begin the first note. Please begin and hello. Hello. Welcome back to OKSIS Podcast. My name is Maddie. Hi, sisters. I'm Scout, Maddie's older sister, and I am so excited to be here because it's a Friday morning that we are recording this. Shabbat shalom, Scout. You know what? Shabbat shalom. Good fucking Shabbos, okay? You know what? No one... Okay, so dad sent me these really weird photos that express... Where do we get... Wait. <laughs> we okay. need to talk okay. about this. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, we're gonna. Okay, hold on. I'm freaking out that you just. How have we never discussed this? Because every fucking Friday, me and Ben June discuss this, and we're gonna post a little carousel on OKSIS. Okay, so, Alyssa, take note that we need to post a carousel on our Instagram. Our father, every single Friday morning, if you're not familiar, in the Jewish faith, it is Shabbat. It's like our holy day on Friday. And our father sends these like Tumblr, like, like, like not Facebook graphic. Sorry, not even Tumblr, not even chic, like very no. strange graphics that say Shabbat Shalom, good Shabbos. And it's like has weird birds coming out of it and leaves. And this every day, every single week, it's different. And I ask, we ask them, where are you sourcing these images? <laughs> Who is making these graphics for you every single week? It is the funniest thing. Okay, so proceed. I cannot believe we've never talked about this. Today's is really interesting because it looks like it's a three-year-old <laughs> little girl who's blowing a kiss. And she has okay. like a half-wrapped purple scarf around her head. Oh my god, wait. I... I just saw it. Okay, sorry. I like I choose to ignore it sometimes. Okay, can you like listen? I'm trying to talk. Sorry. And then there's a literal Jewish star gif at the top left corner and then a little text bubble that says Shabbat Shalom. Do we think he's cre- You know what this looks like? The- sorry, the Tumblr was not the right. No. Clip art. Yes, clip art. No, he's not clip he's not art. creating them. I don't think he knows how to do that. 
but he is definitely sourcing them from somewhere specific because you know it's very well this one is who is this child this one's a little shtetl vibes but the other ones are usually reform synagogue vibes yeah oh like i just also this the the one from last week spells shabbat wrong like wait i got oh my god it does there's only one b wait i gotta send these to ashley she's gonna fucking die this is incredible anyways so sisters go look on our instagram we'll post a little carousel of what we're talking about our father is one of a kind truly he's on a corner of the internet that i just don't know where it exists I don't know where it exists. It kind of scares me to uh, to like think that the internet is this vast that he can source this type of imagery. The Shabbat imagery is just, I'm going through the, all of them right now. Just incredible the sh- the content. Shabbat, the Shabbat clip art industry is thriving because <laughs> Lee Mayo is really <laughs> sustaining it. Oh God. oh, God. You know what I did this morning, Scoutala, that I think you would really enjoy? Okay. All right. Let's okay, move. moving on. All right. Let's, let's move swiftly along. Okay. What? So, you know, something that I did this morning, everyone knows that I've been on a, you know, self-worth kick and every morning I meditate and I use the open app. If you want a code, we have OKSIS as a code to get little money off. This is not an ad. It literally just like I want everyone to be on this app. So they gave us a code and they have like a daily meditation, right? That they post every, every morning so that you can just, it's kind of like a nice thing instead of like going through the meditations and picking one, you could just use the one that they, they provide for you that day. And this one had single nostril breathing, which I've done before in the past, but something, if you need like a control alt delete of your brain. If you want a full wipeout, do that shit, okay? I'm gonna just quickly tell you how to do it. You close one nostril with your thumb, you inhale, then you close the nostril that you just inhaled with with your ring finger, and then you exhale out the one that had your thumb on it, right? So it's like in, out, in, out. And something about it, I think it's because you're forced to focus on your breath. I find it hard to like be aware of my breath or like focus on it when they're like, focus on the inhale and exhale. It's like kind of fucking boring, you know? But with the nostril, it's like a exercise, right? So you're having to force yourself. And wow, I think I've unlocked a new like breathing technique for me. I love it. I've done that before. That one doesn't serve me very well. I don't like that one. I prefer box breathing. I love box breathing. Yeah. But just it's so crazy how there's so many different types of breathing exercises that can just elicit insane responses in us. Like breath work is so fucking powerful. It's insane. It's nuts yeah. like i i was on um the twitter i was uh, reluctantly i was on the twitter and there's this guy i feel like you would really like him but his name is sahil shoot i should remember his last name bloom or something and he posted and said like just did breath work for the first time and wow the alertness it feels like i just chugged a cup of coffee and i was like yeah welcome to the club yeah not only that if you take a breathwork class so before the pandemic saffron and sage my energy wellness center that i go to all the time you sisters if you follow me on instagram i'm always there let them know that i sent you it's amazing on sundays they used to have a breathwork class that was an hour long and it was literally like the most intense I, it, I like got scared to go because it was like a workout. You know what I mean? And oh, it's oh, it's very intense. Very intense. Breathwork is extremely intense. And then after it's as if you've moved stagnant energy. It's as if you've cleared traumas. It's as if you've taken an, an injection of three espresso shots in a good way. It is it is. You know what? We should get more into breathwork. That should be our next evolution. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Breathwork really not a pandemic friendly activity no, that is for sure no, that's the problem if you're in los angeles open the you know app that i can't shut the fuck up about also has in-person classes and they do breath work i did it once on the beach with them and it was honestly like you really have to release all like judgment i don't know there were you have to commit you really have to commit and it's really really hard like i had to take breaks because i was just you kind of get anxiety a little bit like there's this, like a hump you have to get over also you feel 
at times it can be very physically uncomfortable because you're getting all these tingling sensations, like you're numbing out, you're tingling over here, you're vibrating over there. And you're like, can I handle this? And you just got to keep going through. And then once you get over the hump, you're like, whoa. Yeah, it's like you're high for sure. Okay, I want to go into current fixations, but I also just want to, well, I guess this is my current fixation, so I can go ahead. Okay, go. You recommended that I read You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And I had seen this book. I mean, I think most sisters, if you looked it up on Google, you would know the cover and have seen this book. Obviously, extremely, extremely popular. And I'm literally on page five. And it's exactly what we've been saying the past couple weeks on the podcast, right? Like, it has been about the power to change your thoughts, the power to really accept and express self-worth and self-love. It's just phenomenal, but it gives you this like permission slip almost. Like it's exactly what we've been talking about, but it really she really hones it in and I want to I want to read one passage that I I'm in Palm Springs right now and I I made everyone stop their day so that I could read this to them because I think it's so beautiful. Okay. Look how often you have refused to think a positive thought about yourself. Well, you can also refuse to think a negative thought about yourself. That even just how simple that is, it is so fucking true. Like we refuse to think positively about ourselves. Like it's just like, it does not come natural to us. Something is fucking programmed in us to just not do that. So why can't we also use that logic to refuse to think negatively about ourselves? Like I want to be so radical in the refusal of negative self-talk. Yeah, it's so crazy. Once you accept that our brains are technically over time conditioned to immediately go to the negative, it's this permission to say, okay, well, that's years and years and years of conditioning, if not hundreds and thousands of years of conditioning. And I can choose differently. Like I can just choose differently. That doesn't mean that it's easy and it doesn't mean that it, you know, one day you wake up and all of your thoughts are positive, but literally the act of monitoring your thoughts and choosing again, just it's like it opens pockets of opportunity all day. Ever since we've started talking about this more in the last two weeks, I've also radically committed myself to this practice, mostly specifically around money and receiving. It's been huge for me and I've just been living in it. And sometimes I'm like, okay, I just kind of want to turn this off for a second, but I'm like, no, I have to fully commit to reprogramming and rewiring these belief systems. So like when someone said to me, you're going to have your first $100,000 a month at Scott's agency, my first thought was, well, that's not humanly possible because X, Y, and Z, we don't have enough account managers for that, our average retainer, et cetera. But then I was like, wait a minute, that thought just stopped it right there. Literally that thought just Mm -hmm. stopped it right there. What if three people pay in full? What if my coaching, you know, I do one-on-one coaching that I've been starting to open up and it's been immensely profitable. What if I open another couple of things like miracles and amazing things exist, except the minute we restrict with a thought, the minute we say it's not true, the minute we say it can't happen, we're not going to then act in a way that will allow that. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, limiting belief, shutting myself off to opportunities. And it's not about if I hit $100,000 a month or not, right? It's just about the fact that I'm catching in that sense, a limiting negative thought, or that's not really negative. It's just limiting and choosing to be open and, and a new belief. Yeah. So I've been trying to change these thought patterns around staying in my own lane. So I have found that I get extremely triggered on places like Twitter, even though, look, it's not Twitter's fault. Like, I understand I need to limit, you know, if it is triggering me, I should limit it. But it's like, no, no, no. Like, let me let me just see why underneath it's triggering me, because Twitter is an exceptional tool for tech people and people who are raising money and building tech companies like it is the platform to be on so I don't want to close myself off to those opportunities so I'm trying to just figure out why it triggers me so much and I think it's because whenever I hear people give advice or opinions on the way entrepreneurship should look which is basically all of Twitter I take it as fact and I'm like oh fuck well I'm not doing that so now I've been just every time I start to take it as fact and I'm like oh this person is above me they know better oh fuck I'm not doing that I'm not I'm not doing enough I'm not doing blah, 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 blah. all the spirals right I just stop and I'm like okay that's interesting they said that like that doesn't fit for me so for instance I think there's a huge narrative still around glorifying hustle culture glorifying working 24 7 as an entrepreneur and as a startup I just 
don't and again i even feel restrictive even saying this because i like don't want people to judge me but i don't give a shit like I don't want to work 24 hours a day. Like, I'm sorry. I don't want to pull all nighters. I would rather build this business for 10 years sustainably than burn out in one year. And that is just something I am choosing. And I just don't subscribe to no days off. Like, I'm sorry. I, I know some people are like, sorry, I like, I have to check my email when I'm at a wedding or da, da, da. I'm just, I'm like, okay, I don't know. That's not me. Okay. That's also a choice. That's also a choice. Like there's, yeah. There's so many people who, again, but that's also a limiting belief on their behalf at the same time. Like they think they have to check their email at a wedding. You don't have to check your email at a wedding. No one fucking said you had to. Like, yes, there are emergencies that happen in business. Like I was at a Padres game and I had an emergency in a business and I actually had to go home to handle it. But like that is so fucking rare. So it happens rare. like maybe once every 14 months. Right. Like it's also a limiting belief that they have that they have to consistently be monitoring their business like that. Right. So for me, I've reframed it as kind of like the law of attraction type thing of I can be a person that has a successful startup and does it my own way. Or I can have a successful startup and not work 12 hour days. Like I really, really want to pave that way. And also that is just me that it, that if you feel like you want to work 12 hour days and work, that is fine. Like, I don't really care what you do, but like, I'm going to prove that I can also have a highly, highly successful startup and run it with efficiency and grace and peace of mind and ease without having to glorify stress, anxiety, long hours. I'm sorry. I'm just not, I'm done. Like feeling bad about myself for like not working in the afternoon. The other day, I've been waking up super early because I know myself, I know my energy. I work really, really well in the mornings. That's just when my brain is more lit up. I've been working from like six to 8 a.m. and then I work out and I start the day. And so I love doing that because I feel like I, you know, I'm accomplished, I worked, whatever. And then in the afternoon, you know, I have a slump, right? Because my energy just is lower then and I know that about myself. And so I don't do anything, but I've been shaming myself in those couple hours. And I'm like, why am I doing that? I already kind of like proved to myself that I did it. I don't know. So I'm just, I'm just trying to reframe all this. Like, is anyone logging my hours? Like, what is this? It's just this conditioning. It's this social conditioning that our our number of hours, our output, and that is our worth. That is what it, whereas I am just, I'm done feeling that way. And I just want to rid myself of that because it's not serving me and it doesn't feel good in my energy. And I just, now I've, I have challenged myself as I look through Twitter and these people who are very, very staunchly think that is the way to, that's the path to success. I am just going to prove them that, there is a different way. And that's it. Yeah, there's literally no one way to success, period. Like, there's so many people out there who have businesses who work four hours a day and make multiple, multiple millions of dollars themselves every single year. Literally, that exists. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's who I'm going to be. It's like every person is so different. And that's the point. Every business is different. And we get into business to create fulfillment and alignment. We don't get into business to fuck ourselves every day. Exactly. And I want to enjoy building Camber. I do not want it to feel like a chore. I do not want it. I do not want to resent it. And I think when you are living in misalignment or you're living in another person's version of success, you end up resenting the thing that is bringing you joy to begin with. And that is just, that doesn't serve anyone. That doesn't serve the business. doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve my community that I am serving with Canberra. So that is just how I'm choosing. So again, just like inspiration, wisdom, just spewing, spewing, spewing these past couple of weeks at OK Sis. Yeah. OK Sis HQ. Yeah. OK Sis HQ over here. Yeah. I mean, I would say we're witnessing you going through a major revelation and transformation in front of our very eyes, which is incredible. There's a lot here. There's like incredible goodness. It's like the flate, the flates, the, the, the gates have been open <laughs> and the flood is rushing in. Yes, we love it. Okay, so what is your current fixation, Scout? Oh, so my current fixation is Gala Darling. So she's incredible. She is so technically, visually, and aesthetically off brand for me. She's like, hot pink to the max she looks like um yeah but you liked you liked um lauren everett's bostic in her hot pink era yeah but gala darling's like next level gala darling's like jessica rabbit like she's just super flamboyant she's amazing 
like bright neons and whatever. So she wrote a book called Magnetic Mindset. I have it here. You'll see like that Scala darling. Like she's amazing. She's got like hot pink hair. So it's an amazing book about how to make love to the universe and manifest anything. But it's just really about it's very similar to what you're reading with Louise Hayes, but it's a little bit more of an approachable version. It's a little bit more of like a millennial voice, like a blog voice versus what Louise Hayes has. And I love it because for me, it's just a quick like invitation to remind myself. It's a quick it light invitation to check in on my mindset. It's a quick inviting way to think about my life and to expand it, especially since Gala is so different than me that it's nice to see other perspectives and other lifestyles being lived. Like she's manifesting like a hot pink Ferrari or Lamborghini. I don't remember. Anyways, I think it's a great beginner's intro to magnetic mindset. If you want something a little more cheeky, a little more colloquial than Louise Hayes, I feel like it's a good beginner step. But if you've already been doing the work for a while, it's also just like a good light reminder all the time. So I'm loving this book. I've been going through it pretty slowly. Just, you know, every now and then I'll read like a couple pages, etc. And I underline the areas that I really relate to and want to continue to manifest inside my mind and plug inside my mind. So very similar to yours, just a little bit of a different frequency and vibration. This is more about like, I feel like Gala Darling is helping me raise my frequency, raise my vibration, choose how I want to feel about my life. Love that. Is her last name actually Darling or is this a porn star name? Who knows? Hmm. Who knows? Hmm. I hope it's, I mean, who knows? But Gala Darling is a great name. Great name. Okay, sisters, let's talk about hair shedding. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Hi, I've been there. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Ugh, thinning hair just isn't the vibe. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Amen. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow through different stages, such as postpartum, like me. After I gave birth, I noticed that around the crown of my head, my hair was shedding. I've been taking Nutrafol for almost three months at this point, and I am not kidding you when my husband, my friends, my family have been commenting on how long, strong, and healthy my hair has been looking lately. I mean, sisters, if you've been watching OK Sister on YouTube, you've seen my hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. I mean, 86% is a lot of women. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code OKSIS. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. 
I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Fabulous. Yeah, I'll, you know, you haven't pointed me in the wrong direction yet, Scout. So maybe I will invest in in that book. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've never, really? You <laughs> like my recommendations? Your face. Sometimes I don't listen to them, but the two times I have, which is To Be Magnetic, Lacey Phillips, and this You Can Heal Your Life, Louise Hay, have not disappointed. So I, I maybe I should listen to you more. <laughs> so we're just we're just acknowledging that I know what I'm talking about. Like I know my shit. Exactly. Like exactly. real quick. Real, real quick. Real quick. Oh, I have one other little mindset thing and then we'll get into pregnancy corner. I saw this infographic on at the Charlie Fund, which is this amazing mental health resource um, Instagram and page and you know nonprofit and it said stop measuring days by the degree of productivity and start experiencing them by the degree of presence which is an Alan Watts quote and I've obviously seen things like this you know again like you you can read things multiple times that it doesn't like sink into you and as many of the sisters know I've been trying to redefine what success means to me also what productivity means to me and this really resonated. I want at the end of the day, whenever I use productivity as a metric of success, I don't feel good about myself. That might be some underlying thing there about school and academic wise, because I tie it back to things like that. But I want to go through the day with presence and mindfulness and whether that's mindfulness and presence with work, right? Mindfulness and presence when I'm meditating or when I'm walking or just every moment being super, super present, that to me feels like more of a success than like putting my head down on the pillow being like, oh, I worked so much. I like worked to the bone and I'm exhausted. Like that just does not feel good to me. And again, that could feel good to you. That's great. To me, that just does not align. And I think I've tried to make it fit for so many years. And so I've just shifted a little bit. Like if I lay down my head, I'm like, was I present today? That is a success. Because when I'm present, it's weird because it when you are present, you end up being more productive as a result, right? So you're more efficient, you're more effective. So Try shifting that. If that if that is something that feels good in your body, feels good in your mind, I would recommend using that as a metric of success for the next couple of weeks. It's so funny how different we are because like I read that quote and I was like, but I productivity makes me present. Like I don't think it's like like they're they're so meshed for me. Like mm. it doesn't. It's just so crazy. You know, I went through a coaching session last week. And very similar to the way you shame yourself for not fitting into this hustle culture, which I I really don't super subscribe to that. I just want to be clear. Like I hustle a lot and I work a lot and I love working and I do love that feeling at the end of the day where I've been so productive and I work so much that I'm like tired. I love I, I do love that. 
but I'm not checking my emails at weddings. I'm not like attached to my phone. I'm not, you know, on my nervous system is not on 24 seven. I'm not scared in my business. I'm not stressed ever. Like it's, it's a very beautiful balance I've created for myself. And you've shamed yourself for those things. And I've shamed myself for lack of a better terms, like having an intense work ethic or just loving to work. Like I just love it so much. And we've talked about this a little bit, but I was on my coaching session last week and I was like, well, you know, I do all these things because I'm impatient. Like I'm just an impatient person. So I, you know, drive my business really hard and I have a lot of big goals and da, da 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 and I'm doing all these things and I do my meditations in the morning and I take care of myself and I monitor my thoughts and I get on calls and I like, you know, whatever. And I said, it's, it's, I'm just impatient. And she said, you've used that word a lot. <laughs> and I'm using it as like a negative way to say that who I am is because of this unhealthy trait called impatience versus me saying, no, this is like who I am because it lights me up and it's an alignment for me specifically. And so she was trying on a couple other adjectives and she said, you are ambitious. And literally in a second, my whole body went through a complete emotional response it was like it triggered it like I felt like an electric current going through my whole body and I just started crying and crying and crying and she just sat with me and held a really beautiful container because I was literally purging the negative ways I was talking about my very natural way of living my very natural way of working my very natural way of being aligned and fulfilled and I was afraid to be like hustle culture and toxic hustle culture. So I've just called myself impatient all the time is this negative trait about myself. And I was like, oh, I can just be deeply ambitious and just work a 12 hour day and not be ashamed of that because that's specifically what lights me up today and just be unapologetic about what works for me because I take care of myself. Like I'm very good at my mental health. I'm very good at my routines. I'm, I get nine to 10 hours of sleep every single night. And so it was just this full body permission again, like you've been doing to stop shaming myself for who I naturally am and allow that natural part of myself to flow through. Because when we like we've we had a human design chart, we're like, we're all different. Like human design clearly shows us that for me to sleep at night, I have to get a lot of energy out. Like I have to be productive. That's what fuels me. And I was listening to Kenzie Burke on Jordan Younger's podcast and I DM'd her immediately. I was like, holy fuck, I think we're the same person. Like she was saying how she's obsessed with Ed Milet. She does a Dr. Joe Dispenza meditation every single morning. She has difficulty when there's no action to take. Like she loves working. That's what lights her up. That's what gets her going. And she's unapologetic about what she will do to reach the life of her dreams because that process truly lights her up. And I was like, whoa, this is, it was like me speaking in another person. And then it just made me realize that we are all so different. And at the end of the day, we have to understand what makes us different and what makes us aligned and stop shaming ourselves for that and unapologetically ride that train, like unapologetically go into that corner. Because if we don't, we end up exhausted and stressed and depleted and not happy. And it's in the differences. If we just give ourselves our differences and our uniqueness, our lives can go like, you know? Yeah, I think I've had a lot of shame in admitting that I'm not a workaholic. I honestly, I've been having a lot of, even my heart is like beating saying that, like, cause again, it kind of goes back to when we did human design because I was really ashamed of being a projector because it seems like society has valued people who are workaholics and who, again, output, output, output. And I was just like, well, fuck, then I... There's a lot of successful projectors, by the way. No, I know. Barack Obama, hello. Michael Bostick of Dear yeah. Media, he's a projector. And he's, like, extremely successful. Right. So it's just, yeah, like, staying in my own lane, doing what works naturally for me. I personally just, I'm not a workaholic. I, it was funny, I was on this podcast, and they were like, are you a workaholic like us? Like, you're doing all these things, da da, da and, like, you're so, you're so busy. And I'm just like, no. I'm not I really don't I don't feel this like yes I love working on camber and yes I am I do a lot of things and I get shit done but no I'm not I'm not a workaholic that word doesn't really work for me and doesn't fit me and I love to rest I love to do nothing I love to read I love to hang out with friends I love you know like <laughs> sorry sue me I like to do those things too I'm not constantly thinking about camber but also isn't it so crazy how you and I, I feel like, you know, I haven't talked about it as much to you. You've been more forward with the conversations on the podcast around this, but 
we've both, I think, after having this, having this conversation, I realized in the last couple of weeks, like we've both been very unapologetic about who we are and radically taking care of ourselves and doing what works for us. And you and I have had ridiculously abundant weeks last week, like both of us separately. Like, And that's proof that it's like, if you just are in your alignment, the opportunities, it's not that I, because I'm not a workaholic or because I like rest more, that it's then blocking me off from opportunities because our society says that people who work all the time, blah, 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 blah. It's literally, I am in my projector energy and in my alignment, therefore things come. So it's like yeah. that is proof that like I don't need to be a workaholic in order for things to come to me and also like that's a practice that I think everybody can implement because I've been doing a lot of that I've been like let me just receive and for projectors that's just kind of the base like I, you receive like no one I've ever seen you know and I don't because that's not entirely my default mode that doesn't mean that I can't work on it and get better on it which I am but you are someone who just so naturally receives by being yourself that's who you are. Yeah. I I love this conversation. I hope, dear listener, you can take some of this, you know, into your life and just like really reflect on who you naturally are and just put, mm-hmm. like quiet the noise. I've been writing in my journal every morning, just like, just literally th- I sit there and I, I think about all the noise. I think about all the people, all the, all the tweets that I've read of like just people that are whatever perceived better success than me. And I just like melt them away and I physically become bigger than them. I don't know if this, this is just something that works with me. I just become like on top. Cause it's, again, it's that main character energy. It's just the you, like you are the only person you can control and you are literally the only person that matters. Like just fucking stay yeah. in your lane. Like just everything else just dissipates. But there's also something that I think that's been really helpful for me. And I think this started together when we did our human design stuff, which is that I a little bit felt the need to, because I wasn't fully confident in my work habits and work patterns, in my mind felt the need to make other people's work patterns wrong and mine correct and mine like right, if that makes sense. And so I think like you've made my hustle a little bit wrong and I've made your projectorness a little bit wrong. And I think through our own mindset and through getting more comfortable with what works for each of us, we've been able to acknowledge how one another does things so differently and have grace for other people yeah be like that's your path great not only grace but like pride and honoring that you're doing it your way and wanting everyone to find their way and being okay if your way looks different than somebody else's exactly okay we could talk about this forever but i do want to get to pregnancy corner because we have well i don't think we're getting to pregnancy corner yes we are stop we're getting to I want a whole episode. I want a goddamn whole episode dedicated to me. Okay. Okay. So we have 20 more minutes, 25 more minutes. I, we will right now. I want to listen to you and your pregnancy corner. So you, how many weeks, what trimester, what's going on? Wow. So enthusiastic. So I am 30 weeks this week. Next week, by the time this comes out, I'll be almost 31 weeks which means that I am almost eight months pregnant, which is crazy. Oh my God. And, you know, we haven't really done so much of a check-in since I announced that I was pregnant and gave you all the gender of my baby. So I wanted to go through kind of an overview of what the first and second trimesters were like for me in a really honest, honest way. So the first trimester was terrible. Just can can confirm gnarly as shit. I never threw up, but I just felt like that saliva thing in my mouth all the time. And I felt like I physically was a magnet to my bed. Like I couldn't get up. It felt like I had the flu all the time. And it was very difficult. I was probably at 20 to 30% capacity throughout the week of what I normally was at. And I I went on a medication, a pregnancy-safe medication to handle that nausea and that sickness, morning sickness, which is not morning sickness. It's fucking all day sickness. And I call it pregnancy sickness because it's not morning sickness in my mind, pregnancy sickness. And um, the quick overview is that I took that medication, I think when I was about 10 weeks, eight to 10 weeks, and that really, really helped. And 
I did not experience the general lift that most pregnant women do. So usually around week 10 to 12, the fatigue lifts, you feel better. And your second trimester is like you have all this energy and you're back to normal, if not more. Like our dad's stepmom. Yeah, our dad's dad's girlfriend was like, oh, my God, if I could have if I could be in my second trimester all the time, like it was the best. She said that she had more energy in her second trimester than she did as a teenager. That's crazy. So that did not happen to me. I probably started feeling somewhat capable at life around week 20 to 22. 18, it got much better, but it wasn't until like week 20 to 22 that I felt as if I could do things and, and have a little bit more of a life and go out for more than a day. And speaking as a generator, this was very, very difficult for me, very difficult for me because I could barely work a lot. Like, like there was most days I, I couldn't work so much. I could only work a couple hours and I had to limit the being on. So like being on calls and being on podcasts and all that. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. It really rocked my identity and it made me very depressed. And a lot of people were like, just relax. Like you're growing a human, like give your body what it needs. And I was like, yes. And my soul isn't getting what it needs. Like who I am as an individual is not getting what it needs to be a healthy and happy and mentally sound, productive person. I mean, I remember for like two months, I couldn't even do a morning routine because I was just so sick. Like I couldn't meditate. I couldn't journal. I was just like, fuck. And so I did get pretty depressed at one point, which is, you know, shocking for all involved. No one thought that would happen to me. The bipolar pregnant lady gets depressed? What? So I got depressed, got over it, recognized it pretty quickly. Actually, my mother-in-law recognized it because I called her and I was like, why am I 18 weeks or whatever weeks I was? And I'm so exhausted. I can't even think about going to lunch with a friend. She's like, yeah, that's not pregnancy. You're, you're in an episode. You're in one of your moods. I was like, oh, wow, you're right. I'm like sitting and waiting for Fred the skunk to come into my backyard so I can say hi to him through the window every night. Um, and that was oh, my I, social interaction oh no. of the week. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, wasn't great. It wasn't great. We, we hit a, a new low when, you know, you're talking to the skunk outside. <laughs> Ew. Also, if I saw a skunk, I would yell and scream. That is just, I don't, I would freak the fuck out if I saw a skunk. Yeah. Yeah. Normally I would, but it was like the highlight of my day. I literally (laughs) would sit on my bed. I would sit on my bed at 8 p.m., open the curtains and Luna would sit next to me and I'd be like, Looney, do you think Fred's going to come say hi to us today? And I would just look outside. So So anyways, yeah, it wasn't great. So I got over the hump at like, again, 20 to 22 weeks. And the last couple of weeks before I hit my third trimester were a lot better. I could like work till three or four. I could do more things. I had more energy. And physically having the bump is the best thing ever because at least you have physical proof that there's something going on. You're just not like sick all the time. You know what I mean? And then when you start feeling her, it's incredible. Like she kicks me literally every day, multiple times a day, all day. It's pretty great. And so now I'm at a point where I feel physically uncomfortable, like my ligaments hurt, my back hurts, it's difficult to get up and down, et cetera, would way rather take these symptoms and the early symptoms. These are fine. I can deal with them. It's not a big deal. But it's like really crazy to feel my body carrying her now. Like I feel I'm, I'm carrying a child, a baby, <laughs> like that's what it really feels like. And so the third trimester has been amazing in the sense that it's just it's kind of just like what I thought pregnancy would feel like, but I'm mentally a lot better. I'm emotionally a lot better. I'm able to work. I'm having inspiration come back again. I'm like back in my flow. I'm doing my two hour morning routines. I can go meet up with friends for the day. It's also allowed me to take a really great look at my relationship to fatigue and how I tell myself I'm always tired and how I put a negative connotation around being tired. And then I freak out when I get tired. And it's like, what's that mindset? Like, what's that narrative I'm telling myself? So I'm working a lot on that just because sleepiness and fatigue are going to be a part of my life for a little bit with a baby. So reframing my mind around that. And and now it's it's really like, you know, it's four final countdown. We're like nine to 10 weeks away from her due date. And so it's Holy getting shit. I know. It's the final, final countdown. countdown. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? 
Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Oh my God, I cannot believe it. I know, I'm sitting in a room. I have her crib. I'm not, sorry, I have her stroller over there. I have her changing pad, her this, her that, like all of her stuff is all over the place. Like just one day, like literally overnight, you're going to have a baby. Like I know. you're going to have a, like it's obviously it's a nine month, you know, situation, but it's literally overnight and your yes. life changes. Like yes. it's so crazy. Like one day you're going to leave for the hospital and next day you're going to come back with a human. <laughs> yes. I hope it's overnight, you know, hope it's not more than an overnight <laughs> well, situation. Whatever, over. Yeah. Over whatever. Oh yeah, gosh. I know what you're saying. Whatever, whatever point of time. But you will come back into your house. The ne- like, you should do that. Like when you leave for the hospital, be like, the next time I walk in here, yeah, is good. Like that is a mind fuck. Like it is just completely different. And I'm so excited to meet her. I'm gonna like cry and yeah. scream. Yeah, it's a really, really crazy mind fuck to be pregnant because obviously there's like this huge fucking thing protruding out of my body and I feel her kicking me. So I'm like, I intellectually know there's a baby in here, but I I can't. You're like unconscious. You're not, you're not knowing that your body just does it automatically, which is fucking insane. Like you are not actually consciously growing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is a whole different type of level of quote unquote work for me. Right. Like it's a different accomplishment, quote unquote. It's a different achievement because it's just happening naturally without my conscious mind doing anything. And that's a very different type of creation that I'm used to. But it's also just very difficult for me to comprehend that I'm like, I'm going to have a fucking baby. Like, I don't know what that means. Like, I've never had a baby. I don't know. I haven't been a mom yet. So listen, if I could like wrap up my whole experience in, in like two sentences, I will say that pregnancy is not my favorite state to be in. I would say (laughs) that it's incredible. What? Cool, 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 cool. Well, it's true. For me, it was incredibly physically challenging and therefore mentally challenging. And in all those mental and physical challenges, I feel like I really stepped up to the plate to emotionally process. Like I spent my pregnancy not just being like, I know that I'm maybe I'm sounding like it was terrible because a lot of it was, but I really consciously spent a lot of this time emotionally healing a lot. Like I went to a lot of hypnosis sessions at Saffron and Sage. I healed like old motherhood wounds. I healed childhood wounds. I really, really, really wanted to remove everybody's preconceived notions of what being a mom is like and what I'm capable of being a mom and an entrepreneur. And that's been some of the most healing things I could possibly do. I mean, I think we have the narrative mads that again, sorry, no shame. I'm just going to be honest. You know, I, I'm afraid that I, I've been afraid that having a kid will ruin my life. 
Like, because mm-hmm. we've kind of been told that by multiple we've been told that. people. We, everyone, everyone's like, oh, don't have kids. Like, yeah. all your freedom is gone. You have to make all these sacrifices. Your your life is, you're, you're not living for yourself anymore. Like, those are the reasons I honestly yeah. don't want to have a kid. Like, I'm just like, yeah. I don't want, I don't want any of that. Like, I yeah. love my life. And I also just like, I don't have, there's nothing, there is nothing in my life I would sacrifice right now. Like, I just, I wouldn't. Yeah. And so I've been like, okay, well, the same way that, you know, you have to burn out to build a good startup is is a narrative. That's also right. a narrative that I don't have to have. Exactly. And so, exactly. Um, but I've been so insecure about it. And I, it's crazy how women do this and men don't. But I've been insecure about it because I'm worried because I was already so upset that I couldn't work. Like, what am I going to be like? You know, how do I keep myself true to myself, et cetera, and this whole thing and whatever. And Ed Milet said the most amazing fucking thing on a podcast that just boom, hit me. And it was like the answer I was looking for. And he said, one of the most insidious forms of neglect is a parent who doesn't live up to their full potential and doesn't live their dreams because that parent can't look their little kid in the eye and say, you can be and do anything. And this is what a limitless life looks like if they're not living that themselves. And that like pierced my soul and gave me the framework for the type of mom I want to be. And now I feel so confident in the fact that my baby girl is going to come into this world and into a family with a mother who will show her exactly what it means to be limitless, who will show her exactly what it means to be in alignment, who will honestly look at her and say, you can do anything because I believe and I do anything in my life. And so I can't give that up because that's going to be my greatest gift to her. And so coming to that conclusion was just so comforting. And anytime I go back to fear, anytime I go back to like, I'm never going to sleep again and da 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 da, I imagine myself in the future. I meet my future self and she's holding her baby girl and she's coming home from work and she had a great day at work and she had a great day with her baby and she's just thriving in all areas. Like every area is just beautiful and abundant. And Ed Milet also says he's never had like, when he has a good day at work, he's a better dad. And when he's a better dad, he's better at work. Like these aren't sacrifices. Every area of our life gets to be good. Every area of our life gets to be abundant. And that doesn't mean there's not challenges in each one. It doesn't mean you don't feel certain things, but that's been the biggest mindset shift that like I've had to deconstruct and get rid of me because having her in my body and feeling her presence, it's like, I'm already like, no, I don't want her to ever feel that about herself. I don't ever want her to feel as if she ruined my life or she she imposed on my dreams or I had to sacrifice so much for her. My, my baby will never feel that way. And if I was already feeling that way in my early pregnancy is a manifestation of fear of other people's limiting beliefs that they've put on me. I was like, I have to clear this immediately because I will not allow my baby to come into this world with anything other than a mother who is in full alignment, faces her emotional challenges, clears them and does what she needs to do to live the life she wants to live. That is what my baby girl will see, period, and a story. And her coming into my life is going to be the most beautiful extension. Like it's it's just not, you just don't have either or. I will have both. I will have I will have it all and I just will not settle for anything less. And so I'm so excited to meet her. I can't wait for her to get here. It's been one of the most crazy, physically, emotionally challenging experiences of my life. But I'm so proud that I've not just gone down a significant shame spiral. And instead, I've really honored every thought that's come into my mind, even if it's like, wow, does that make me a bad mom already? Because every mom has them. And I just honor them and I'm like, okay, that needs to get cleared and that needs to get healed and that's someone else's perception and I've just committed to the work and I feel like now I get to just prepare for her and get excited for her. Yeah. So that's my pregnancy update. I am so proud of you. Leave it to Ed to just, you know, shake up our whole our whole bodies and minds and spirits. God, are we a personal development spiritual podcast now? Honestly, we should change our we category. We should change our category. I think we're under business, which also tracks, no, I think we're, I think we yeah. we need to be you know what it's annoying though? It's spirituality and religion because I went over Listen, we opened talking about Chavez. We opened talking about Chavez. <laughs> 
we're a religious podcast. So I, you know, I've been on like a you know spirituality kick, right? I've been listening to Reset, to, to Be Magnetic, her podcast. And so I was like, let me go find more of this. I want more of this. And so I was like, Wait, what? Are you going to comment on my pregnancy corner? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm just are you going I'm finishing. Back? Sorry, I'm just <laughs> finishing my thought. Sorry. I was like, where are you? One. You can't even find the fucking categories on on Apple Podcasts. I don't even know what. It took me three minutes to like find where the charts were, and then I finally found it. And I was like, "Wait, spirituality and religion?" And I was like, "Okay." So then half of them were like Catholicism popes, and then the other half yeah. was like Lacey Phillips. I was like, "They need a separate category." Okay, regardless, they need a separate so category. I completely. I mean, we've talked about this off mic as well. I'm so proud of you for all of these realizations, and honestly, I don't. I think. I think a lot of people would have gone down a more shamey reality. And like, I am so proud of you for catching that and doing the work at this very, very critical stage because it's going to set up the foundation for, for you to succeed specifically you as a mother. And it's so true that those things seep into the baby. I think we, because of the, that narrative of like, you have to sacrifice everything, all these things, people then live that right if they think that yeah. again going back to the thoughts like if you think that that is how you will live and you will sacrifice and you will leave out your dreams and be limited right and that mm -hmm. then you think that you're doing that to aid the kid and to and to benefit them but you're not right you're actually doing the exact mm -hmm. opposite so I think it is so courageous and something that I don't think a lot of I'm, I haven't seen a lot of parents do, at least our generation of parents. I think this new generation that's coming is going to have a lot more of that, which I'm, I'm so excited for. And I'm excited for the kids because they're going to have these beautiful examples to look to. And I don't think... I don't think we all had that. And so I'm so proud of you. I'm, and I'm just so excited for you to be an inspiration for me one day for when, you know, an expander for me, because I definitely have internalized a lot of those. Yeah. Like I always say, I don't want to have kids till I'm 40 because I just don't want to sacrifice anything. Like I don't, I don't want anything to go away. I don't, I don't want, I think about this so much when I'm like, you know, I'm just doing my morning routine and in the early hours of the day and I have all these hours to myself and I'm, I'm not feeling rushed and I feel whatever. And I'm like, if I had a kid, like she'd be screaming this, da, da, da. it's like chaos. And so I'm just, but it's like, again, that is a narrative that we've been taught. And yes, of course, maybe it will be that way, but you adjust and you this, whatever. But it's really refreshing to hear you say this. And it just aligns with everything we've been talking about, about just quieting the noise, right? Like really just looking inward, what feels good to you, what feels right to you, and fucking like being bullish on making that the reality and just like fuck what everyone else says because every anything is possible. I think it's just, again, yeah, the limited. Like if you start to think that you just have to sacrifice everything and that you won't have this, your career and the best mom possible, like you're literally just, you will that will be what you live out and it that would suck. That will manifest. Exactly. Wow. Are you going to get bigger? Yeah, I'm going to get fucking bigger, dude. Another whole month of biggerness? Like you literally have a shelf. You have a it, This is 10 months. It's a 10 month process. I know. Why do why why is that that people say it's 9 months? What happened? Another fucking societal thing that maybe, you know, we all just t chose as fact. It's 40 weeks. So I can a little bit kind of understand why someone would say 9 months because it's 40 weeks, but that starts from the first day of your period. And technically they can come two weeks early. So anywhere between 38 weeks and 42 weeks is like a baby that could come. So if they do come at 38 weeks and you count from like the day you were conceived, that's technically nine months. Oh, I see. So okay. if she comes at 40 weeks, I will have been pregnant for nine and a half months, but they start counting the day of my first period, which was 10 months. Got it. And then... So you haven't had a period this whole time. Well, you've you, no, but you've had a. Have you had a cycle without the bleed, or just like no cycle, no period, no cycle? There's nothing. Wow. And so, when do you get your period back? Is it like literally the next month after you give birth? So, okay. So postpartum is a whole other conversation that nobody talks about. Apparently, some women just like literally bleed straight for six weeks, like. There's so much. You, you have to wear like oh, diapers Jesus. for like weeks and weeks and weeks on end. There's, it's not like a pretty healing situation in the vagina at all oh. for the first six weeks to two months. 
So that's also something that so like all the all these like little things like our cousin's cousin just had a baby and she's like, bring a fan because in the postpartum room, they make it so hot because babies can't like regulate their temperature. So you're literally like sweating your ass off. I was like, thank you for telling me that. I'm going to bring Whoa. my ice roller. You know what I mean? There's so, my ice roller. you know, there's just like a lot of little things. Should that I come with a van, a big leaf, <laughs> fan you? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I got to run because I got the team oh. meeting, but I'm so excited to see you be an aunt. I think I look beautiful pregnant. I'm really killing the pregnant vibe. Looks, the looks. The oh, your bridal shower is going to. Sorry, but baby, why do I keep saying bridal. I shower? say it too. I say bridal shower too all the time. Baby shower is going to be fucking epic. Everyone, be yeah. on the Instagram because it's this whoa. weekend. It's this Saturday after this comes out. Her look is gonna be fire. It's very gala darling vibes of me, if I may say so myself. Oh my god, yeah, scout darling, that's gonna be you scout at your baby darling. shower. No, oh, it's hilarious. Okay, well, Mads, I love you. I'm just like. So in awe of you. You are now Rabbi Mads. I am taking I a back seat. I am letting you. This is this is your sermon. This is your space. But I'm more it of a is, canter. I'm more of a canter. I don't know, man. You're you're spewing some you're preaching. You're you're having a sermon here. I'm so pre- I'm preaching. All right. You're preaching. Love you, sisters. Um head over to our little Geneva, not even little, big ass Geneva Community Center and uh, tell us how you felt about this episode. We'd love to hear any learnings and things that you'll be implementing and it gives us so much joy to hear from you. So, um, and I love you, Scatala. I love you too, Mads. And follow us on Instagram at Scout Tobel, at Maddie Mayo, at OKSIS Podcast since we will be, you know, storying the baby shower this Saturday and you can come check it out. All right, bye. Love you. Bye. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life tune in every thursday to i'm not your shrink wherever you listen to podcasts while i'm not your shrink i am still human and i'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together